The Gatos and Chad Show. Brought to you by Parker and Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state, this is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy Tuesday. What's up, party people? Hello. Barry in for Gatos. This fine, fine day. Reminder, Monday kicks off as usual throughout the day, but then things change. Oh, my. At 2 o'clock, you've got Chris Merrill and Joe Heisinga. Heisinga, you might know him as Lloyd Banks. And the uh, Gatos. And Bruce. And Bruce show. And then, of course, you've got me from uh, 7 to 10, which is really all you guys care about. So be prepared for that. <laughs> it comes on starting the new change, 2 p.m. Uh, I'm interested, and in, I think this Merrill character seems to be. Now, you know Chris. I know Chris, yeah. I, so I it was really Chris interesting, because when's the last time you saw him? Because you saw him today. Uh, I saw him today. I've talked to him a lot, but I haven't seen him in probably six years. Yeah. And uh, and he looked great. Yeah, that's was, what you said. You guys look way younger than he used to. <laughs> He was here for his pictures. I think they had him dolled up a little bit, yeah. but he, he looked good. So, yeah, Joe, and then we're getting pictures day. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, Becky Lynn. Joe walks into us, and the first thing we said is, dude, what happened to your head? <laughs> his head was... What was wrong with his they head? They put so much makeup it was, on it. looked like it was a fake bald head. Oh, my gosh. It, it, looked, it was like the perfect head. And yeah. I'm like, what? Are you wearing a skull cap? Like, what is <laughs> yeah. going on here? Is that like a makeup, like a movie thing? Yeah. So, so and, and it, it was smooth. It looked, yeah. Oh, yeah. They so, put all kinds of makeup so on So, we have to watch now to see if it looks that way again. No, it won't. Maybe. It'll never look, it'll never look that it. good. It's <laughs> like when you go get your hair cut yeah. and you leave and you're like, it looks amazing. It'll never look never like that look ever like again. Never look like that again. That's right. Ever. Ever. And that's what, that was Joe. So, <laughs> and then you've got, I saw Bruce wandering around here and uh, Gatos. And yep. so they're going to yeah. they're gonna yep. kick it off at four to seven. So, be prepared. That starts on Monday. Day. All right, let's talk uh, talking uh, po- politics with Barry. How about we talk a little law with Barry? All right. Let's first start with, now that it's on the screen, let's hit it with this. Uh, you think that she's going to get all, well, she's never going to get all $83 because he will fight this thing all the way till she dies. And both <laughs> of them are on borrowed time because they're, you know, well into their older well, years. But yeah. $83.3 million, you think that in theory they will never reduce that? It, well, it, here's here's how it works. So she received two. There were two main counts of defamation that, uh, that Trump. Two statements that he made. Yeah. And they brought in uh, E. Jean Carroll's lawyers brought in an expert, an expert witness to come in and talk about what it would cost to repair her rep- rep- uh, reputation. Like if you go online and you do a search of of E. Jean Carroll, what comes up? And it's all about. Trump and accusations and all stuff. Like, how do you get, how do you clear that out? How do you put enough in there to make that go away? There's people, there's companies that do that for you, that can change your reputation, that can push the negative stuff away. And I I don't know how they do it, but they said it was going to cost 11, 12 million on the one and and another, another 10 million on the other. And that's what the jury awarded her. So the compensatory damages just to do that was, was about $18 million that they gave her in compensatory damages. Then we went to, to punitive damages. And punitive damages are designed not to necessarily compensate E. Jean Carroll or the plaintiff, but to punish the defendant, to punish Trump. And it's not just to punish him, but what do we do to make sure he doesn't repeat this behavior? What's the, that, that's the message. So the, what courts have said in essence, the, the appellate courts and the Supreme Court is, if you get to about four times the amount of compensatory damages, we're going to kind of leave that alone. So what you had here was about $17, $18 million, $18 million plus in compensatory damages, $65 million in total punitive damages. That's right in the wheelhouse of what courts generally let sit. Could they reduce it a little bit? They could. But I know it looks ridiculous. Everybody looks at this number. My wife says that's that's insane. How can that possibly First be? First of all, you only have to watch her on television to realize you want to repair your damage? Stop going on TV and being <laughs> stop, wacky. Stop talking. Right? Like, because that doesn't help her. That's what a lot of... Yeah. I've heard a lot of you know people judge 
coaches might look at that, some of that stuff and say, you do you do a little bit of damage right. yourself. And if you were so worried about your reputation, why'd you bring this up 30 years later? Yeah, but this this is the problem. It's not a problem. But this is what happens when you deal with punitive damages. These punitive damages award, it can be anywhere. It can be small. It can be big. Yeah. But if people believe they have to punish somebody sufficiently to make sure it doesn't happen again, or they say what you did to this person was so egregious, was so evil, we're going to really punish you financially. And the jury's allowed to consider how much money the defendant has. So if I'm in Trump's position, if I'm the defendant, I don't have billions and billions of dollars to punish me hard. Ain't going to take that much. It's going to, you know, yeah. you can, you can say, you know, a half a million dollars and I'm going to be like, oh my goodness, like oh you're, you're crippling me financially. You said a half a million dollars in punitive damages to Trump. He's like, oh, and he peels it out of his pocket, out of the wad of cash in his pocket and he walks yeah. away. 65 million in punitive damages. He'll feel that. Everybody's going to feel that. Let me ask you a question because this is the other thing. You know, politics, I don't care what anybody says, politics plays a role in this. And 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 I've asked a couple uh, other attorneys had on my national show about this. If you have this trial in New York, you get what you get. If you have the same trial in Texas, you probably get something different. Maybe. Look, every jury is different. I tell yeah. people this all the time as a mediator that we don't, there's a reason most every every case settles, and it's because we don't know what a jury's going to do. Yeah. You can try the same case the same way to three different juries, and you'll get three different results. That's the truth. Isn't that crazy, but, though, but when you think what, about it? But look what happened in, well, I'm talking about even in the same jurisdiction, yeah. even no, in New York. I, I know, even, but, but isn't that weird? Because like science, of, like once you come up with yeah. a thing, you do it a thousand times, but it's it, going to be the same thing over it, and over. It all depends on the perception of the jury. But it, to answer your question, let's go to the Rudy Giuliani defamation case. That was in Georgia. That's not a liberal state. And... In that case, the jury heard the evidence. These are jurors that are doing this. This isn't a judge. It's not, you can't say it's a Clinton appointment, whatever it is. The juries are deciding these amounts. And and in and in that case, in um now the judge decided that Rudy defamed them yeah. because he didn't defend himself or say that, you know, come up with any defense of that. But when they talk about the amounts, it's a jury that did that. And that wasn't in New York City or, or in well, Los what Angeles. Say he's got to pay. $148 million. He doesn't have a I doesn't have fifty million. That, he's that was, twenty million. That yeah. seems ridiculous. But again, two people. They yes. gave him a bunch of compensatory damages, and then it's really like 60, 70 million each under that. Huge, ridiculous numbers. I, I hear what you're saying. I know. But you're saying, like, punish. There's a difference between punishing and destroy. Right. That one was big. I wouldn't be surprised if that one gets reduced somewhat. Uh, this is called to remitter like, to bring to like, it down. like, hey, you guys get his house and, like, the pump, yeah. you know. and, and you know, I mean, Rudy had, had millions. I don't know what he has now, he but he has, he, he has millions That's and millions of dollars. They, he, know, well, he owns, like, a $10 million apartment in New York. He, he still has some money, or at least some assets. He's we'll got say. assets. Yeah. So so he did, but he's going to have to sell some stuff. But yeah, it, this is this is real stuff, and we'll pick it here locally. Uh, Stephen Richer is suing Carrie Lake for defamation. Do I think it's going to be an amount this high? No, because Carrie Lake's not. I don't think is that level of millionaire. What do you think's going to happen in that case? That's a big case here. I think she's. I think she's going to has some serious legal issues in that case because the statement she made about Stephen Richer and the judge has already said this are provably false. You can you can look at what she said. What she's taught said that Stephen Richer defrauded the public on election day because he was doing things on election day that caused machines not to work. Stephen Richer has zero involvement in election day. Yeah. That is just what she said is simply yeah. a lie. It's, it's a like, provable lie. It can't it's happen. Like saying to me, hey, you were the second gunman on the grass fields. I wasn't right. even born yet. Right. That's exactly right. So it's not an opinion. It's not it's not just yeah. trying to make a, a ooh, it's just blustery. It's saying he did something illegal when there is zero chance he could have done that. And she kept doing it. So She's. Go I think she's going to lose that issue. Now, how much damages do they award Stephen Richard for that? I don't know. But that's where these punitive damages. But what happens in these cases when it is, if it survives the appeal and the, the Arizona Supreme Court is going to hear this little little mini appeal she just filed. But if it survives that, most people go to settle it. Most people would say, I got to get out of this because 
the punitive damages awards from these juries can be crazy. And that's what you have to be worried about. Well, this is going to be interesting. We're talking uh, all kinds of fun legal stuff with Barry. Uh, real quick one. Uh, let's get it right with the Supreme Court and Texas because everybody's talking civil war and all this wackiness. Supreme Court really didn't rule. They kicked something back down. They didn't put an opinion on there when it comes to the bob wire and all that stuff. Right. There was no opinion. There was none of that stuff. Why was there no opinion? Because the Supreme Court didn't want to decide the actual merit of the issue. And the Supreme Court oftentimes uh, will will look to send it back down and because they don't they're they they're procedurally they're gonna say yeah. this isn't for us yet it's not ripe for us yet it's not ready for us yet and so they'll send it back down. That's that used to happen more. Now we hear about this shadow docket yeah. where the Supreme Court will take these little cases and start issuing kind of little mini decisions and everyone's the lawyers are looking around going, what just happened here? The Supreme Court never usually gets into a case like this here. And here in this case they send it back down, it'll go to the lower court, it'll it'll yeah. it's, it's not gonna be because everybody right made now. it seem like they've ruled and yeah. there's like nah it's not really no. Because, but you know what? It's great headlines, but, but and that's all that matters. Yeah, but people say that all the time. And you know, again, in Arizona, Kerry Lake, the the Supreme Court of Arizona said we're going to decide whether to take up your special action appeal of the appellate court's decision. And then people are celebrating it's a, like, it's, it's, a, it's a win. It's a win. No, it's li they literally said we have not even looked at this yet. We're just scheduling something. That's yeah. all it is. And everyone's like, it's a huge win. It's a win. Yeah, it's a win. It's a win. Definitely stolen. Not a win. I'm the governor of whatever it is I want to be the governor <laughs> of. Uh, Barry Infragatos, uh, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit. We got the we got the big cupole, but talk a little bit about Iran. What should they do? We touched on a little bit last hour. Uh, we'll do that straight ahead. Gatos and Chat Show. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Wow! Big Q. It's the big cue today. We'll tell you uh, right now. Should President Biden order direct strikes on Iran? The country's proxies killed three Americans and injured 25. I think it's up to like 30 some uh, when it, you know, in, in the drone attack. And the big cue says 57 percent say yes. I will tell you about this. So you heard how it happened, right? One of our drones was coming back, and this one basically was right behind it. And yeah. they thought, eh, it's just one of our drones. Right. They didn't pick. They didn't pick up that there's a second drone. No. Yeah. And uh, here's my thing, Barry. So I'm a, and and I am a I'm a guy that I'm I'm not an isolationist, by the way. And I know there's a lot of people out there on the right like super isolationist. I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Because if we're out of stuff, China's in it. Yeah. And if China and Russia and the access of uh, holes are in it, I will tell you this right now. That's not good because we lose our standing in the world, but they're able to control and do more. Yeah. We don't want that. Because that's going to be that's going to be bad for us, and that that's the you're exactly right, Chad. I mean, that, the voids get filled. Yes, yeah, that vacuum. There yeah. it is. Yeah. My issue with this is, I I said earlier, fish or cut bait. You cannot rely on luck to be the reason why men and women are dying. Because what happens? And I think we need to. I still think we need to send a message to Iran that hey, I know you guys are. You know, first of all, we don't trust you. Secondly, you need to send a message. And the reason is simple because they're already saying, well, we've already told our people not to attack. No, let me tell you why. Because a, nobody believes anything you guys have to say, right? And secondly, and this is important, and I, I don't think people understand this when it comes to to like a place like Iran. They only understand one thing. Yeah. They don't think we have the cojones to do it. And if you're not going to protect our people, I go back to 1986, Reagan, the night he holds the thing. We bombed Libya. We went after Gaddafi. We bombed him. Apparently, we killed his daughter. But it was like, we're not sure if he adopted her after or before she was dead. But still, <laughs> why? They bombed a discotheque in Germany. Yeah. 
and they killed an American soldier and wounded 50 others. And Reagan's like, no, I told him not to do that. And he did it. So this is what's going to happen. Right. Because I don't think if we don't act now, what my fear is the next one, and there will be because they've done 160 already. Yeah. Kills 40 or 50 of our soldiers. And now we have no choice but to go bigger. Right. It's, it's an, and it's an interesting question. And my initial reaction all the time is. Let's go get them. Yeah. Like, we don't put up with this. Let's go get them. And you have to, then I start thinking about it. You have to balance it. It has to be enough where they are scared enough to stop. Yes. But not so much that publicly they have to start standing up and saying, we're going to go get the United States for yeah. coming back this hard. There's a there's that line that has to be drawn. Because part of you, me, I just want to say, let's just start carpet bombing parts of Iran. Yeah. I mean, we're done. Well, I mean, I this mean, is we enough. Can't bomb, we can't like, do that. What he normally does is, because he's like Obama. This is my frustration with Obama at the time was, he drew the red line, people crossed it, nobody cared. Nobody feared he was going right. to do things. You can say something about Reagan all you want, you know, because he, you know what he would do. Clinton, if he messed up, he had some opportunities to do some stuff, and uh, Bush, everybody's like, this guy might actually do some crazy stuff. I think Trump would have done something already. But with Biden, Bill Gates, uh, Bob Gates, was it Bill Gates? No, Bob Gates said it all the time, Robert Gates. And he worked for both the right, right and the left. He said, I have never in my life met somebody who's been on the wrong side of geopolitical more than Joe Biden. Biden. Yeah. Joe was always the no in the room. Joe was always these things. He thinks you could talk out of stuff. Some people can't and won't listen. And he is, I feel like... He's going to go, well, they told us they're not going to do it. And I I feel like it yeah. happens again, and then he's going to overreact. Yeah. The, the problem now is, compared to what was going on when you were talking about the Reagan thing, is if you go too hard against Iran, because they have these other proxies, Hezbollah has full-on missiles in Lebanon. I mean, they they're, they're, not, they're not like throwing grenades over the wall. No. They have ballistic, they have big stuff. And they could destroy Tel Aviv. I mean, there's a lot to be worried about there. And it's all tied together. It's... It's so much more complicated yeah. than you and I know. Well, they people could just know destroy from- Tel Aviv. The reality is it probably wouldn't happen. Right. And the second thing is they also realize that Hezbollah controls an area inside of Lebanon, uh, which people don't realize. It's kind of almost two countries. Right. They would eviscerate everything. Yeah. You and I both know the Israelis would... Absolutely flat. Well, and, and that's what big part of what keeps Hezbollah from doing stuff now yeah. is because the last time they did it 20 years ago, Israel did that. They yeah. went in there and just said, okay, yeah. and then just carpet, they just, just, they leveled it. And that's, you're right. That's the deterrent. And that's where it says. So I, I hope, I hope Biden starts to become stronger with these. They're making noises like they're going to. Uh, Biden said today to the press, he was walking out to the helicopter. And he said, but he said he's made a decision. He's already made the order about what's going to happen. So I don't know when it's going to happen or what it's going to be, but he's done something. We'll find out. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be three in the morning. There's going to be a, you know, like a, a guy that works there who cleans the office. They're going to say it had strategic uh, missiles in it. And what is it really going to be? It's going to be like a milk factory. Yeah. And, no, and, and it's not going to send a message that's big enough, but he's going to feel it is. I think, you know, I mean, I'm not a fan of, of Bolton, Michael or John, but uh, John said, I think you got to hit him, and you got to hit him hard. And you're not going to do the things that you need to do because it's an election year, and you're not yeah. going to want to send oil through the roof and cause uh, gas prices to go through the roof. Yeah. And you So know. It's, an, it's an amazing thing because we're sitting here saying Biden should be stronger, should make bigger steps, should do these things. And then on the other side, you have Trump and, and the many people in the MAGA saying Trump was never in a war. He's going to get us in a World War III. Yeah. So where's where's that balance? Yeah, where's right? the balance like we want him to do more, but then if he does more, they yell at him. Yeah. It's, it's, a, no, it's no, tough, man. No, no. It's no, it's no win. It's a no-win no situation. It's no win, but you've got to protect our people. you got to do the best home. for the country. That's uh, Barry Infragatos, uh, straight ahead, kids. Ladies and gentlemen, could oh we fix the housing pro- problem here in Arizona? Yes. Both 
sides say they got a fix. I bet you neither of them will actually get through or work. We'll talk about it straight ahead. Get us a chat show. That's us. You're you. Stay beautiful, Barry and forget us. All right. So the Democrats and Republicans here in Arizona, oh, they got to fix. They're fixing housing. They're going to fix this housing thing, and Barry's going to explain it all to us. They're going <laughs> to shoot it all down. It's going to be hilarious. It's hilarious. So the housing problem in Arizona is it's a, it's a good and a bad thing, Chad, right? Because if you own a house... It's great. And your house is now worth way more than it was a few years ago. You're thinking, this is okay. I'm rich. This is great. But if you don't own a house yet or you're trying to rent or you want to buy a house, you're looking around thinking, how do I ever buy a house here? This is nuts. And for, I mean, I've said this, my, I have a son going to graduate from college this year, hopefully. And it's it, not like he's going to come out of college and buy a house right away, but he's a young guy. And you think, hey, my, my kid in some number of years might want to buy a house. I don't know if you can afford a house now. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy expensive. So one of the things uh, that really that everybody agrees on is we need more housing. Look, it's a good problem. We have a lot of people who move here. Uh, we have a good job market here. We have better paying jobs. Things are looking better from the economy in Arizona. And and we're getting more people coming here, and the housing can't keep up with it. Even though you drive around, it looks like there's new apartments going up everywhere. There is. I mean, my my wife called me earlier, and she said, you know, because I live out in the, in the Valley of the Dirt People, Casa Grande, and she says, yeah. oh, my God, there's these apartments. They're throwing apartments up everywhere. It's everywhere. Because it, it kind of reminds me of Southern California, where people couldn't afford to live in Orange County, and they can't afford to live in L.A. County, so they went out to the 909, which is the OG, the original Valley of the Dirt People, in the Inland Empire, Corona and stuff, and it's just urban sprawl, but that's where people could afford to live. Right. And one day it was all dirt. The next day it's urban sprawl. Right. And that's, and so what happens now is, is everybody's everybody, Republicans and Democrats have said, this is a problem. It's yeah. too expensive to live here. You, if rent is way too high, uh, they're not, we're not building enough homes to keep up with demand and prices keep going up. It's, it's not, it's not a good thing for the long term. Look, the Valley used to be, we were different from LA because you could come here and get a bigger house and you could get more value for your money here. It was a great thing. Not anymore. So, there's two different ways to do it. The okay. Democrats, and I hate this, they want rent control. Never gonna happen. Not gonna happen. And it's all and that by the way, not a good thing for the economy, not good for property, not good for renters. Why it's is not good the for the Democrats anybody. always want to go, okay, I got the great idea. We'll see if we can get somebody to build yeah. houses and lose money on it. Yeah. And everybody's gonna be happy. Yeah, the Democratic answer is the government's gonna come in and control it and that'll make everything better. Yeah. Which that's always been good. <laughs> so and then the Republicans, and look, they're trying to figure this out, but there's gotta be a there's gotta be a balance here. They're saying uh we want to make law at the legislative level, at the state level, that tell these cities, hey, you can't decide uh, that you have to have a setback of 10 feet or you have to have 10 feet between homes. So they want to take how, away a lot of the ridiculous regulations? Well, they want to take rid of all the regulations. And and for some cities, look, if I if I live in, here's, here's a good example. So I live in a neighborhood, right? I have a house and a development in a neighborhood and I, there's no, we don't have an HOA. But there, if somebody knocks down the house next to me, there are the city has some regulations about what they can build, right? They can't just build a four-story house that comes right up to the edge of my property line. I'm happy about that. That's a good thing. The state would basically say they can do whatever they want. So you have to find, for me, there has to be a balance. Yeah. Right? See, now, I live in the Valley of the Dirt People, and there are houses. So where I live, we've got like three lots, yeah. we, and we've built around them and stuff. So we've got this huge backyard and everything. But behind us? Adjacent to us, like and they're putting up like houses are going in in the last month. There's been three new houses built and or being built right now okay. in, within uh, maybe 100 yards of us. OK, uh, but they're not crazy. I mean, you know, again, it's still the yeah. Valley of the Dirt People. So people are usually just they're they're moving out there because they're not building a 12 story like, home. It's like some corrugated metal held up yeah, by some sticks. It's a lean -to. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Where's the happy medium? 
Well, and here's and here's the issue. It's nice to just say get the regulations out, right? That sounds good. Get the regulations out. The last time we did that, we ended up with Airbnbs all over the place. Yeah. Everybody's neighborhood now has a has a business operating across the street, like a hotel with people coming and going all the time. Because Ducey and some people said, let's just get rid of this. Let's let them come in and do whatever they want. It's property rights. You own the property. You can do what you want. But now the rest of us are dealing with that and looking across the street saying, I don't believe this. I've got a guy having a party across the street. It's a constant flow of new people. There's 15 cars on the street. We don't want that. And so there's there has to be a there has to be some thought process. It can't always just be get rid of the regulation and everything takes yeah. care of itself. That doesn't work. What I really like is you and I killed the Democrats uh, the entire thing immediately. Rent control, stupid, <laughs> well, not going to so happen. Stupid. We're moving on. Where's the happy medium in that? I think there has to be enough building. Look, I'll give you an example. In Scottsdale, there's such a pushback to any kind of building there, yeah. and and they're they're it, the prices is just it's just gone crazy for apartments and everything else. You have to recognize people are coming here. You have to allow some level of building. You can't re, you Don't can't be California. You can't restrict it so much that you can't yeah. help to satisfy the demand. On the other side, uh, there has to be some acknowledgement that. The rest of us are property owners. We like having some regulation in our homes. We like having, you know, it's like, look, people complain about HOAs all the time, but and I don't like them. I don't live with one, but people move into places with HOAs all the time because they like that there's a regulation that the next door neighbor can't paint his house pink. Yeah. They like there's a regulation you can't have garbage strewn across your front yard. Gatos, you there's, know who we're talking about. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, there's, there's has to be, a, there has to be happy, a, a balance. Last year, there were some good bills proposed that had good support, Republican and Democrat, to solve a lot of these issues. Issues, but the city, uh, the League of Cities came down and just struck it all down because they don't want to get rid of their regulations. So now the Republicans are breaking them up into smaller pieces and trying to get individual things passed to see if they can get something done. Um, I, I think the governor should put together a task force, try to come up with a, a, a bill that might get passed all the way through. Uh, have the League of Cities on it. Have everybody on it. Let's let's come to an answer. Everybody agrees there's a problem. It's just the, the question of how to fix it. Let's do what government used to do. Let's both sides of the aisle get together, find some compromise. Let's see if we can find something yeah. that might help. And rent control is not it. Rent control is never rent, the rent answer. Rent control, affordable housing, yeah. right? Like, I don't know where it says that you should be able to afford a house across the street from the beach. Right. Right. Like, that, that is always. And by the way, affordable housing, I always love this. So what do they say? Well, you got to have affordable housing. So what do they do? They put up 50 homes, make one of them semi-affordable for somebody. They allow right. them to move in there and then everybody else has to pay, you know, going rate. Yeah. So that's the way affordable housing. It's not like they build 50 homes for people who are low income. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know what, you know what California does on a, on a property tax issue? It's funny. If you buy a house in California, your property tax is 1.25% of the purchase price. Yeah. And 20 years later, it's still 1.25% of the purchase price. Which is right. Not what it is now. That's Prop 13. Yeah. And, but and it, it's the one thing that every Californian, right, or the most progressive person to the most conservative, all agree on only one thing in California. They will never repeal Prop 13. But that's rent control. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better well, to get rid of that? Well, could ever afford to live there. My mother's property taxes would be so, ex she goes, I could, I'd have to sell my house. But that's rent control. Yeah. That's rent control. You, people but they don't, voted but, pe it. but people don't move and prices go up higher yeah. because there's less- well, there's less availability. There's less supply. But California also rent controlled themselves. I, I read an article the other day. If you want to build a home in California, get ready for this insanity. We got to take a break. So you buy a piece of land. Okay. I got a piece of land. You know, uh, it'll be $500,000 and two years of paperwork before you could ever yeah. even think about 
going into it. Another $600,000 before you put a shovel. So you're deep into a million dollars in, in just to build a house from the ground up. And I talked to the owners who are running uh, Carl's Jr., the, the CEO, and he said, the reason that they moved to Texas is that reason. He goes, we'll never open a franchise that is a controlled by corporations. Somebody wants to buy one, that's fine. But he goes, and I was interviewing when I was in Texas, and he said, let me tell you the difference. If I have a piece of property and I want to put it up, be three years before I serve a hamburger. He goes, in Texas, six weeks. Yeah. And that's one of the things, by the way, in the Arizona legislature is to cut the time down from consideration yeah. and board meeting and everything else. So, it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. It is you crazy. Know, the, you know, there's a happy It's meeting. a balance. Yeah, you got to find the balance. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, speaking of California, could this come here? It is a uh, new oh. way that they think that they can control speeding. And wait till you hear this. It's insane. Barry Marks and Infragatos, Gatos and Chat Show. just talking about the insanity of California. Well, a guy named Scott Weiner, who always makes the worst decisions in California. He's a congressperson out there. You love that guy. Oh, you. he has, like, he's super, like, beyond lefty. Like, the lefty that you could not, you know. He's so far left. That, How left is he? Uh, it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, he he would pass every law about anything that had to do with wacky progressive ideas. Uh, and you go look up some of the stuff. Scott Wiener's his name. Oh. His latest one is they're going to put a governor on your car oh, in no. California. No. So you can no longer drive over 10 miles an hour the speed limit. So the speed limit is 55. Your car, there'll be, there'll be 75. Sig- it'll top out 65. No, you're 65. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 10 miles over the speed limit? That's it. And no, that's I'm that's never the go- highest it'll go. I'm never going to California. Yeah. So, and he wants to make it <laughs> mandatory by 27. So the cars would have to have some kind of a sensor in it yeah. and they'll put and up posts on the road. bought in California wow. would be mandatory to have that now, governor. I got to tell you, I kind of like this because I visit California in the summer and you're saying if I buy my car in Arizona, I'm good to go. I can You're be. To, I well, can be passing. Sure. I can pass everybody. But here's the thing: if now what <laughs> Scott Weiner wants to do, if you bought a Calif car there and you try to take it back there, then he's going to hit you with some wacky tariff, probably for like, hey, try to register here for fifty thousand. They'll never catch me. I'm no, going so fast, fast now. I'm too, too fast. fast. And every all the governor, all the cars are governed. And they his can't get, they can't idea fast. is, hey guys, we have to do this because it's going to save so many lives. Why? Just like seatbelts did. <laughs> I'm like, well, at that point, why don't you just make everybody drive five miles an hour? You can't make me drive only ten miles over the speed limit. No, so I can't have so that. I can't have it. How do you pass? Yeah. Oh, it's it would be traffic everywhere. Yeah, It'd be absolutely. And that's insane. already California. You want to make things safer. Make the slow people move over to the right. That's or make really them what not drive. That's, that's that'd that's be good that's too. Also, a better right. idea. But <laughs> it's that's the like we were yeah. just talking about how much it is to build anything in California, the ridiculousness of California, and 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 all of this. But if you're thinking about they, they want to. Put a governor on your car now. Yeah. Like, sort of, short of putting you, wrapping you in bubble wrap, putting a helmet on you. Yeah. You know, that, making sure that, hey, everybody's got to have roll bars. I'm pretty sure that won't happen, though. But everybody's got to have roll again, bars. Again, regulation is, there. some regulations are good. The seatbelt thing, I got to tell you, I know people probably pushed against it at the time and all that. It's a good thing. It saves so many lives. It's a safe thing. The stuff about airbags, now most of that was done just through the market. They're, the cars are so much safer now yeah. than they used to be. And and I don't like it through regulation. I like it through the market. The market. I like the market making that happen. But the governor thing, that's telling people they can't, how fast they can go, that's not going to yeah, fly. You know. I, I, that would not be a successful po- a political. Well, and then stats. what happens when you remove the governor? <laughs> oh, you're going to be in super trouble then. Yeah. like, it, But it goes back to this world of we're trying to make, regulate so much safety that it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And I, and, but why it matters, and everybody's like, well, this is California. 
let me tell you, Jimmy Carter, California is the Petri dish for bad ideas. Yeah, well, and some good ideas. There's some good ideas that come out of California, too. But, like, I, but you're, but you're the right. surf. They, they, have, they have a nice beach there. They have a nice, that didn't come there. because fish of regulation. Ta- fish tacos. Fish tacos are right. good. I like that. Yeah. It, it's, you know, you're right. It, there's way too much regulation in California, and that's why most people are like, we don't want that coming over here. Uh, and this this one's ridiculous. Uh, that's So the, what you're saying but is I have to tell you, it. But here's where, here's where I'm afraid we're going to go. How far are we from having self-driving cars? I mean, in, in 20 years, do you think I'll be driving my own car? No. Well, yeah, I'm surprised you drive now. <laughs> No, I'm, I don't I'm think a great so. Driver. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but once you have that, once you're self-driving cars, how hard is it to say car can't go over the speed limit? So now it's because if it's self-driving, how is it speeding? Yeah. Well, the, here's the thing, though. If it's self-driving, everybody else is. They've probably all planned out their map, and we're all doing a decent speed. Man, worst thing ever. You think I don't know if you take Lyft or or, or uh, uh, yeah uh, Uber uh, Uber when you get it, those guys are told they can't speed. And I get in the car and I sit in the back and I'm I'm like yeah, shaking. I'm crazy. shaking. You're going too slow. I can't take it. That's Barry and for Gatos. It is the Gatos Chat Show. <laughs>